0: Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to another episode of Vitamin D&D, your weekly dose of Dungeons & Dragons, just what the DM ordered. I'm your host, Patrick, and here with me today, as always, is my fellow co-host and party member, Brady. Hello! Hello! How's it going, Brady? Good. How have you been? Very good, very good. Just, uh, you know. All, always excited to talk about Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, not to tease too much, but excited for some other stuff we got going on. But we're not
1: talk yeah,
0: about yeah going that's to, gonna be exciting. Well, up. we might we might talk
1: about it a little bit.
0: Yeah, just gonna tease. Just leave leave all you listeners on the hook
1: and uh, the cliffhanger, st- the string cliffhanger. you along. Right. Yeah, in the uh, we we call those cliff hangers, if, cliffhangers. if you're not familiar. <laughs> but yeah. uh but speaking to cliffhangers um today we're going to be talking about and uh sort of going over the remaining part of the history of D because last week um i put everybody to sleep whenever i talked about where <laughs> wargaming came from uh but we also just talked about a little bit of the history of uh you know gary gygax and uh was it and anison what's his name Dave, uh, arneson arneson yeah i couldn't think of it off the top of my head um kind of talked about where they kind of came together and where they're sort of the co-creators and stuff like that. So um, if, you know, Patrick, if you want to lead us up just with the last little bit, just a little reminder before we kick it into gear of sort of where we left off, where we last left our adventurers. (laughs) Yes, previously.
0: Um, And I kind of gave a little bit of a stinger on the end of last one and talked about how um, Dungeons and Dragons at this point, kind of in the, the 80s, became associated with uh, kind of a moral panic called a satanic panic um, but we're not gonna go into that um, we're actually we thought that that would be actually be a, a great whole nother episode so uh, look for that at the end towards the uh, the Halloween holiday you know, a little yeah that's spooktacular. it's gonna be
1: our spooky episode
0: <laughs> little little spookiness little little creepy dungeony little demony stuff it'll be great. Satanic panic.
1: Good and um, spoopy.
0: Yeah. So uh, just to dive a little bit backwards into the timeline, um, part of uh, what was occurring whenever TSR, the uh, Tactical Studies Rules, um, was developing you know, the basic and advanced Dungeons & Dragons set. Uh, during that time, uh, there was a lot of kind of bad blood uh, developing between a lot of the, the kind of the core, the found that initial group, um, especially between, uh, Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. Um, and you could kind of see, uh, kind of how things were going on. Dave was kind of being pushed out. Uh, Arneson was being pushed out. Uh, you know, whether it be, you know, big Kemi, I think he started out as a, a creative director and then he, was just kind of like a product director, and then I think he before he left he was like director of shipping. It's like, all right, come on man, like this is the dude. this is the dude that like came up with this. It was like his like grand inspiration, and he just kind of got shoved out um and so it' was unfortunate, but uh and so in in nineteen seventy six uh, going back, Arneson left. TSR to do uh, his own thing, but of course, since he was one of the, since it he was it was one of it was one of his brain children, it, he was one of the brain fathers um, of Dungeons and Dragons. What's his was brain child? Brain child. Um, he was still getting paid royalties uh, for Dungeons and Dragons stuff, which isn't a bad deal. Um, but after TSR started doing the advanced version of Dungeons and Dragons, they uh, they started they kind of acted like no 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 like Arneson he came up with dungeons and dragons but not advanced dungeons and dragons and so they kind of made it seem as if like the rules were so different that you know oh it's it's totally not his original thought
1: <laughs> yeah he he came up with dungeons and dragons we came up with dungeons and dragons, so see the difference. See, see the difference,
0: yeah. So they uh, they tried to stop uh, paying him royalties for that, and he was like, uh, No, no. Um, and so, this it kind of spawned the first of several lawsuits between uh, Arneson and, against Gary Gygax and TSR, um, you know, because they stopped even putting his name on published works uh, and that sort of thing, G- didn't give him credit at all. So eventually they settled out of court for, I guess, pretty good sums of money. And <clears throat> from that point forward, uh, Gygax and uh, Arneson would be, both be credited as co-creators. And the good thing now is uh, if you look in the front, like the very beginning of the fifth edition uh, Dungeons & Dragons, it does you know, give full uh, full credit to um, Dave Arneson um, and Gary as being you know it being their creation um so it gives gives the due so it's a good even even if the court says it had to
1: (laughs) yeah and and i think you know just for people who wonder like you know why is that such a big deal you would think if they kind of both co-created that they would both want to you know work together and keep things going but you know you got to think it's it really started ramping up um in the late seventies, early eighties. So like started picking up in popularity and kind of started making, making some headway, making some money. And I think egos just started getting in the way and people, you know, they, it was like, well, well, actually I came up with this and it's like, no, I can't. And I think that's, you know, the, the egos kind of got a little inflated and made it a little bit more. um, Well, just people want to have their name on it and wanted to make all the money. So, um, you, you can kind of see where that's, where a lot of this comes from is just who gets the money. And I mean, they both might've been really nice, super great guys, but you know, sometimes money can make monsters out of men. So,
0: yeah. Um, let's see. And, uh, so in this, like, uh, in this same period of time, kind of the seventies, eighties, um, TSR was you know, they were putting out so many different versions, whether it be the advanced or the basic. And then even in those sections, so many supplements, so many variations on the rules, so many, you know, revisions that it was just kind of almost cannibalizing their own sales uh, because, you know, players were, you know, they would start playing with one version and then all of a sudden, you know, all the Modules that they had or all the rule sets that they had were, I guess, essentially revised. And they were like, "Okay, well, like, I don't want to keep buying, you know, this new revised rule set every year or this new, you know, new module that's the same as the old module, but they just changed the rules. So players weren't buying all this, you know, they weren't buying more products. They were just sticking with the old rule sets. And so they were essentially burning money, coming up with all this stuff and not getting a lot of sales to match it. Um, And they also were doing a lot of weird diversification too. And that's where, um, if you look into it, TSR actually kind of split into like four different pieces. And there was like TSR um, that was in Hollywood and they were focused on like trying to make a Dungeons and Dragons TV show, which they did. Um, I have never watched it, but uh, I've heard it's, you know, okay um and I guess there's even a Dungeons and Dragons movie which I heard was not very good um and then there was even uh some of the people that were left behind not in Hollywood and one of the TSR spinoffs uh or one of the departments were essentially trying to make uh you know those hook and rug or hook and loop like um rug makers like Dungeons and Dragons versions of those yeah. <laughs> so like, sort of
1: like the, uh, the, the felt paint by, paint by yeah, number thing or by number, whatever, yeah. but except it's the rug um, things. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. And even, um, even whenever wizards of the coast, uh, who everybody knows, um, we'll get to in a little bit. They're the current, uh, owners of Dungeons and Dragons. They were hi- being highly successful with their magic, the gathering, card game. And, uh, TSR was like, Hey, you know, we should get in on that. And they started making, uh, dragon dice, uh, which was apparently fairly, you know, it was kind of popular. Um, but again, just the cost of like making, making dice and, you know, not these big board games that were, you know, varied and like in depth, like they were just burning so much cash on pretty much every, every little good idea fairy that popped up. And finally, in uh, 1997, uh, they were severely in debt. Um, you know, s- so many unsold products were being brought back to them. And the, you know, publishers were like, okay, well, you got to pay us now for all this stuff that didn't get sold. Um, and so they were severely in debt. And so uh, rather than file for bankruptcy, they sold to Wizards of the Coast, um, who are the current owners.
1: Yep. So, so they did go into debt, and then Wizards of the Coast picked them up, and then that's when Wizards, um, Wizards of the Coast, they kind of started to consolidate and unify all these different versions of the game. Um, took about three years in development, and um, yeah, they just they gathered up all these different rule versions and all these diversifications and stuff like that, and all these variations. Tried to start bringing them in together and make them more cohesive. And give them more of a like a theme and direction instead of being all over the place. And um, it was the the largest rules revision to date because you can imagine taking all those different compendiums and you know all these different versions and putting them all together. Uh, they actually put them all together and released Dungeons and Dragons Third Edition. So the rule set for Third Edition was designed to be consistent and a little bit less restrictive than previous editions. So they didn't want all these different versions that kind of maybe contradicted each other or were super, you know, in depth or overcomplicated and stuff like that. They, they wanted to put them together and give you a little bit more freedom. And a uh, third edition also introduced skills and feats, which we have covered before in previous uh, episodes, which is kind of, a big deal i mean that's one of the big major points now at least in in modern D, that really kind of define the game wouldn't you say pat like one of the main features yeah um no i i think that uh taking taking feats
0: is always something that i look forward to you know diversify your character and make it more more yours more individual more special um and, uh, like you said in our feats episode, it's feats or feats
1: <laughs> or feats. Yes. Um, but yeah, so they, they started consolidating all these. And you can, as we go along, you can kind of see how they, they sort of started wanting to streamline everything to kind of how we are, where we're at today with fifth edition. But we'll, we'll get up to that. You can kind of see how they started making it more, um, Easy to get into and a little bit more, I say air quotes, (laughs) a little bit more understandable. But yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it started streamlining it. And uh, then actually 3.5 was released another three years later after that um, with hundreds of minor little rule changes. Again, just trying to optimize and make things a little bit easier for people to jump into and not be so encumbered by all these tens of thousands of different rules.
0: Yeah. Um, and I know that 3.5 was a pretty favorite edition. Um, and it's actually 3.5 is the kind of the basis of where uh, the game system Pathfinder um, that Paizo came up with. That's where they they played Dungeons and Dragons 3.5. And then whenever things started going to 4th edition, they wanted to stick with 3.5 rules and varied them and came up with their own system. Um, so I know that 3.5 was kind of a breath of fresh air to the whole um, D&D scene and then in 2005 uh, Wizards, of the, Wizards of the Coast began development on the fourth edition um, and that was mainly due to a lot of feedback from the community who wanted the game to kind of be faster and more intuitive a lot less bogged down by you know different rules floating modifiers that sort of thing so they wanted things to be more streamlined like Brady said more what's the uh, kind of lower the barrier to uh, entry. Um, which we've talked about before on, uh, I think, one of our first few episodes. And the three core rulebooks for 4th edition were released in 2008.
1: Yeah, so then going into January of 2012, uh, Wizards of the Coast actually announced that it was working on the 5th edition of D&D, which is, you know, a pretty big deal. And uh, they were kind of going off of the feedback from over 75,000 playtesters. Um, that they had had kind of working on these rules and kind of listening to their feedback and seeing what they said worked and what didn't work and how they could tweak and change things like that. And uh, lead developer Mike Merles, Merles, however Merles. you would like to say it, uh, is actually quoted as saying, I can't emphasize this enough. We're very serious about taking the time we need to get this right. Yeah, it took them and like
0: two I, years of all those playtesters for them yeah, to roll and out the final f- product.
1: Yeah, and I feel like they 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 did a pretty good job. They nailed it pretty yeah. good, I think. Um, but they, they did, they released fifth edition or five E uh, was released in 2014, actually on D D's 40th anniversary. And um, this might be something we kind of touch on too is it, it's just like anything that comes out, you're going to have mixed reviews. You're going to have either people that love it or people that are like, Oh, I don't like it. It's not, it's not what I thought or not what I wanted. But overall, I think um, as we were saying about that barrier to entry, I feel like it really lowered lowered the the barrier of entry, so a lot more people could really get into it. Um, so I I feel like fifth edition has been a very good welcomed uh, edition, where you know maybe some of your more hardcore people like the fourth edition uh, or even pathfinders, but I think to get into it, I, I I think fifth edition is a pretty good place to start.
0: Yeah, and I I own the. uh the fourth edition uh player's handbook and just i've never played fourth edition but i grabbed a hold of the or i got it as a gift the fourth edition uh handbook and i've read through it a little bit and i i don't know if i would have uh jumped in quite as smoothly uh, to fourth edition as i did to 5e yeah
1: i i think um yeah 2008 i remember way back in our introduction like our very first episode i talked about uh, picking up some and I, I believe it was 4th edition in 2008 uh, yeah it was It was definitely I, I didn't really play it a bunch because I couldn't find that many people to play with me but from just from reading the rules and stuff especially from the DM side of thing, like I remember I was like whoo this is this is a lot of stuff this is heavy <laughs> yeah whereas like 5th edition I remember whenever it came out of course I was a, a little bit older but I, I remember thinking like man this is very just like you know, streamlined and very easy to get into and very easy to understand for the most part. I mean, there are some intricacies, but for the most part, it's very like, oh, okay, that makes sense because you can't do this without that, or this makes that happen.
0: Yeah. And that's why I I feel, I guess, personal opinion. I think that I would attribute, uh, what is it? Dave Arneson's uh, contributions as being more of the father of Dungeons and Dragons, um, then Gary Gygax, even though, you know, forever it was, it was always him because Gary's background was so much in like those, like super strenuous rules and like super, you know, super heavy rule laden. Whereas Dave's approach was so much, especially as a dungeon master was so much about, um, like intuition and creativeness, uh, and kind of maybe not getting bogged down by the rules as much, but just being able to, um, be in, you know innovative and come up with it on your own and uh, not be too hamstringed by everything uh, so that's that's one reason why I like fifth edition it's a uh, it's a lot lot easier um, and uh, obviously a whole lot of other people like it uh, since the release of fifth edition um, in 2014 over 20 rule books campaign guides and adventure modules have been published um, and in 2017, Uh, Dungeons & Dragons saw the largest number of players in its history, with 12 to 15 million in North America alone. Um, And sales in 2018, the following year, soared another 52% um, from that. And uh, in 2017... um, nine million people watched others play D and D on Twitch. And if you don't know what Twitch is, it kind of started out as just people playing video games, but it's evolved into so much more. You can pretty much do anything, um, on Yeah, there. It's just a
1: streaming, it's like a streaming service, but you're watching other people, what they're broadcasting, what yeah. they're playing or doing or whatever. Um,
0: and so, I mean, you can look at, I know that a big, big portion of that, uh, those nine million people were watching, uh, Critical role, which is, I'd say, probably the the headliner as far as uh, live stream uh, Dungeons and Dragons games. Um, does uh, what you call it? Do, some of the ones you watch, do they do Twitch streams too? Like Acquisitions Incorporated and
1: uh, um, no, they they do a lot of. So they, I think they just have their podcast that they mainly do, and then they have live shows that they put up on youtube and, and stuff like that but I'm, I'm not sure uh it's actually been a while since i've watched any of acquisitions incorporated which that's a good one uh to listen to it's a good fun one if you're looking for another kind of playthrough fun quirky playthrough to do um to do chris chris perkins one of he actually works for Wizards of the coast dungeons and dragons like he helps write uh modules and lore and stuff like that he's their dm very very good stuff like it's a lot of fun, but no, I think they're mostly, mostly just live shows in their podcast. Um, I'm not sure if they do any Twitch. I I haven't really been on Twitch much lately.
0: Gotcha. Um, And I know that there's, there's a whole lot of other, um, I guess, more minor D and D streams that do on Twitch, but critical role probably being the, the headliner. Um, And I'd say that they've had a huge impact on just the exposure and, you know, people seeing that Dungeons and Dragons isn't just for weird people. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. And, and especially uh, with a lot of the guests that they get on there. Cause there's like, yeah, yeah. they have some pretty big named people on there. Like, um, I don't know if you are familiar with uh, Joe Manganiello, which yeah. is, you know, Sophia Vergara's husband and he's, you know, in magic Mike and he's an actor and stuff. He's a big, you know, he touts himself as being a big, you know, jock kind of meathead, but he loves Dungeons and Dragons. Vin Diesel uh he's a big Dungeons and dragons player um Uh, but that's this is a whole other like podcast or or a whole other episode we could go into with just like the stigma of D &D and how it's changed and you know the the impact on pop culture but we'll we'll save that for another episode because i could go on and on
0: (laughs) yeah i'd say we'll touch a little bit on it during our satanic panic episode coming up yeah um and even matt mercer did a uh did a game with Stephen Colbert for Red Nose Day. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, for Red Nose Day, um, yep. Yeah, so it's big names. Which
1: that was interesting as like just a one-on-one campaign. Yeah. That's that's pretty, pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I'd say it takes a lot of skill to uh, to do one-on-one D&D. Um, let's see. And in 2020, uh, Wizards of the Coast announced their sixth year of growth uh, with a 300% increase in sales of their intro box set uh, in 2019. So that's probably their, their starter set. So it's pretty impressive, a 300 year or 300% uh, increase in sales.
1: Um, that's, that's huge. Yeah, that that's a big increase. I was actually uh, doing some, uh, some research on some stuff and I was on Google trends and I just was just like, oh, let's, I wonder how Dungeons and Dragons is done. And it, pretty much follows this same trajectory that it talks about from like 2015 it's just kind of like meh, and then after 2015 it's just I mean it just shoots all the way up to now and it's you know just its relevance and how popular it is it just reflected in that I was like dang I didn't even really think about that but yeah it's really it's really gone up there yeah um, and that you know, and that brings us to today. We're here in
0: 2020. Um, and I think the, like Brady said, the stigma around Dungeons and Dragons and other role-playing games is being cast off in a huge way. It's becoming more, you know, shown to the the mainstream world that it's not, you know, this only nerds play it game. It's a great, uh, a great tool and a great experience that everybody can get into. And even I pulled out a quote from Wikipedia, which is, you know, great source. Um, This is from the Journal of uh, Humanistic Psychology and talked about how Duns and Dragons has been cited as teaching problem-solving skills, which can be beneficial in adult life, and teaching positive moral decisions. So we've talked a little bit about that um, in previous episodes, but just wanted to throw that back in there because it's always... It's always fun to like talk to people and be like, Oh yeah, no, it's, it can be really good for you. <laughs> They're Like playing games. Like, yeah, it can be good for you. <laughs>
1: it yeah. Can. And it, it can, it can also be like sort of cathartic and somewhat therapeutic too. Sometimes if, I mean, if you're playing with a good DM and good, good players that are all understanding and yeah. you know, you get along with well, but I mean, it's, it can, it's really, I mean, it's really fun and it does, does do you a lot of good because it's hard and you're, You know, day to day life to find reasons to. I don't want this to come off wrong, but like to get excited and stand up and cheer about something that you've accomplished. You know, like when you're fighting, you know, maybe a bunch of trolls or whatever with your with your friends, and you happen to, you know, it's a close call, and then you make the final blow and you kill the kill the last one, and you all of you stand up at the table and yeah, you know, everybody, yeah, good job, yeah, we did it, Yeah." yeah. You know, it's like it's hard to find that type of. You know things to celebrate in that sort of camaraderie just in your everyday life with your, you know, if you're at work, it's like, oh, I uh, unj- unj- unjammed the copying machine, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's jam- it's like, no, that that doesn't really happen. It's like, hey, I unjammed the copying machine. Everybody's just like, get back to work.
0: And yeah, it's like, okay, cool, thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like that's your job, right?
0: Oh, dang yeah. it! <laughs> it's like, did you load in nor- more paper because I got to print stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I mean it's <laughs> you can really see why it would be you know something that people would want to come back to and play and go to these worlds and get to have these adventures and you know live out this stuff because it's I mean it's just when you get down to it it's just darn tootin fun.
0: Yeah, it's just a just a rip-roaring good time.
1: It really is. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the um I wouldn't say the meteoric rise. I mean, the last few years has been sort of a meteoric rise, but just the, the ups and downs and the drama and um, pitfalls and stuff. That's been the, the history of Dungeons and Dragons, which, you know, this, again, this wasn't a very in-depth covering of things. It was just kind of give you a a good overview of what the, the history of Dungeons and Dragons was kind of to see where it came from, what it's been through. Maybe uh, we can save, you know, some more in-depth things for future episodes way on down the line in the future.
0: Yeah. I would love to, uh, have an episode about how TSR just tried to keep, keep suing everybody who, uh, was trying to make their own modules, their homebrew modules for D and D. you get a lawsuit. You
1: get a lawsuit. You (laughs) You, get a lawsuit.
0: You you can't, you can't do that. (laughs) If you sue everybody who's playing your game, nobody's going to play your
1: game. Nobody's going to play it. (laughs) Um, but so. yeah, talking about future episodes and stuff, um, do we kind of want to tease a little bit of what we what we've got in the works coming yeah. down the pipe? Maybe? Uh,
0: do you want to talk about? it or You want me to talk about it?
1: Uh, let's just both talk about it at the same time. One tooth. No, Three. I'm scared. Um, <laughs> okay, so- oh, um, yeah. I, I guess I'll we'll just bounce back and forth like we have been. Okay. Um, basically, we are gonna start. It's gonna be under the same Vitamin D and D umbrella. Uh, it may not be posted here on this RSS feed. It might get its own show feed, but still be, you know, under the vitamin D and D stuff. But we're going to do a, uh, a playthrough of yeah, a D and D module. Yeah. An actual play with some of Patrick's friends. If Patrick, you want to,
0: yeah. Um, that's what, and our, you know, right now we're just playing together and going to be recording the audio and putting it in podcast form, but we do have some, aspirations for the future of uh maybe maybe streaming it at some point maybe putting up the uh the video recorded a uh, little screen cap for youtube or something but uh so yeah me and my my friend uh dustin and my friend jacob uh who are D fans and i've been trying to get a campaign started with jacob for a while and he and i played uh together while we were deployed um and then dustin uh he he was in the military with me too and i know i've always known that he was a big nerd um and played uh and the whole reason why i even took dice with me on our deployments because i thought dustin was coming with us but he ended up not coming and so i it's it's all thanks to him that i had dice around and randomly got in a conversation with people and started playing um and so i think it'll be it'll be fun um and uh, Brady, of course, is going to be our dungeon master. Um, I, uh, I offered that I was going to, I offered that I, I would do it. Um, and then uh, Brady said that he would do it so he could do some teaching stuff. And I was like, oh, thank God.
1: Uh, <laughs> I get to be a player. Woo, Yeah, Yeah. And plus, I, I figured I'd let you play with your friends, you know. so Yeah.
0: That's,
1: um, yeah. Which, I mean, it's collaborative storytelling. So we're yeah, all we're playing all together. together play. But you know what I mean? Like being with your party and stuff. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be playing but, on mostly on roll 20, which I'm sure we'll at yes. some point, I would I think it'd be a good idea to do an episode talking about all the virtues of different ways to play in this time. Yeah.
1: And just resources. Uh, I'm actually thinking about covering stuff like that um, in a beyond the screen episode sometime maybe, or you know, nice. we can also do it on here, but yeah, just resources uh, for people. I think that would be, be cool. But, um, but yeah, so that's just some of the stuff that we have coming down the pike. Um, down the pipe, whatever you want to say. I'm saying, uh, p- but just like let us turn, know if that's like something turnpike,
0: like down the road. That, that makes sense. Yeah. That's
1: what I've all, you know, you're driving down a yeah, turnpike. So it's, right, it's coming yeah. down the pike and you got to whatever. Right. Don't, don't patronize me. Back no,
0: here. I, 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 uh, I, see where you're coming <laughs> from. I wasn't going to correct you. I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, well, you know,
0: um,
1: but <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's some stuff that we got coming down in the future yeah say it that way
0: yeah not not sure when it's gonna when it's gonna drop but we uh, will
1: we will keep you posted and let you know we'll we'll social media post it we'll let tell you here on here to keep an eye out for it um but we'll we'll definitely let you know whenever it um begins to materialize and where we will put that uh where you can find it easily so uh, i think that pretty much wraps it up patrick you uh, you got anything else
0: no, I think that's it. Excited for the future. Excited to be playing again. I've just been, it, it's been an itch. I've been waiting to scratch and thank goodness. Yes.
1: Yes. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, um, you know, speaking of listening and stuff, I would, I would just want to say thank you to everybody who has been listening. Uh, we know you're out there. We see, we see the downloads, we see the unique listeners. Um, and we just want to say thank you for listening. And, uh, if you do listen, uh, you know, just thinking about maybe dropping us or, you know, a rating or something.
0: Yeah. But, oh yeah. Uh, you know, keep, keep that. Um, I guess this is a good part. There's a, there's somebody who has reviewed us um, on iTunes and i don't worry. At some point I'm going to figure out, I, I don't use Apple products. Uh, at some point I'm going to figure out how to respond to your uh, review on there. But if you uh, are still listening to uh, the future episodes at this point, um, Hey, I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, like, like you said, we just we focus on the basics of the rules and teaching people and uh, we have improved from our really bad sounding first few episodes and uh, we're actually working on dropping some re-records on those to sound even better so thank you for the review
1: and, yes uh, we we strive on, to make things better and make your listening experience all the much more better yeah not to brag but uh
0: we're, we're five stars on uh, on iTunes so no big deal. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, not to brag, but you know, that's uh, that, that in is a thousand three, five stars, two out of two, so yeah, which <laughs> hey, it's better than and none out of none,
0: yeah, We're not, but yeah, so that that's pretty stars.
1: much, yeah, we are five stars, but that's uh, pretty <laughs> much gonna wrap it up for today's episode, um, on the subject of the history part two of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, but. Thank you for listening. As we said, you know we really do appreciate it. We really see that you're out there listening. And if you've been a consistent listener up to this point, thank you for listening and downloading. And if you are subscribed, thank you for subscribing. Uh, if you if you have been consistently listening up until now, you know if you wouldn't mind just throw us a tweet, you know tweet at us. Just if nothing else, just say hi or on our Facebook page or on our Instagram. Something, just let us know you're out there. We just we want to hear from you. Um, we'd like to know that you're out there you know having a good time listening um but let us know if you do reach out or if you've this is your first episode and you're just listening let us know you know something you'd like to hear for a future episode or let us know what we are doing good or what we could improve on yeah and
0: i'd love to hear Um, if anybody has started playing uh yeah yeah tell us us your stories
1: of if this has inspired you to either start playing or get a group together or uh, any of our other stuff, like you've started DMing for your kids or your neighbor's kids or uh, if you've decided to just start DMing in general or if it's inspired you or anything like that, just like tell us your stories. Let us know how this has helped you or if it's inspired you to do stuff like we we want to hear your success stories or yeah. your your fail stories. If you, you know, completely bungled something, but, you know, you learned something from it. Let us let us know, like shoot us an email. You can email us at the vitamin D and D podcast at gmail.com. That's the vitamin D the letter in D podcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can check us out on our Facebook page, our Instagram or our Twitter. And if you pretty much just, um, just search for vitamin D and D podcast again, that's vitamin D the letter in D podcast. Um, it should pop up anywhere. Uh, or you can check out our website at the vitamin D and uh, same spelling as before with the N in D and D, but, um, bear with us on the website. It's still a work in progress. I'm still trying to iron out all the kinks and get all the stuff up there. Uh, we do have full-time jobs as well that we do. So we'll get there. Try to, yeah, I try to get around to it when I can, but you know, check us out there. Um, drop us a like, see if you like it. Um, but also don't forget to tell your friends and spread the word about the podcast. Uh, if you have enjoyed this or any of our other companion series, um you know let your friends know tell us about it or tell them about it and then tell us that you've told other people Uh, just tell everybody you can tell everybody (laughs) but um but yeah keep, keep an eye and an ear out for our next episode where we'll be talking about the spoopy subject of the satanic panic of the 80s which will be a fun uh in in the spirit of halloween sort of episode so so that'll be fun but, uh, but yeah, other than that, take it easy, and we'll see you after your long rest.